at what point does a doctor, a public health official employed by the people of Iowa and also by the federal government, so by federal taxpayers, at what point are they on the hook? If not to at least have their jobs called into question, to have their professional license looked at. So today on Dead to Me, amid the unchecked spread of COVID-19, I discuss how to report your public health officials to your state medical board for licensure review. So back in June, July, August, right around back to school time, I worked on a couple of articles for for a website called Iowa Watch. It's a nonprofit news organization in Iowa. I started looking into Dr. Caitlin Padotti. Padotti is the head epidemiologist for the Iowa Department of Health. According to a CDC release in August of this year, rapid antigen tests are critical to rural health care providers. So Caitlin Padotti told the Des Moines Register that rapid antigen tests were not as accurate as tests that needed to be sent to the lab. Then she went on to say, again, to the Des Moines Register out loud, that rapid antigen tests were not epidemiologically useful. And then she went on to say that positive rapid antigen tests, those cases were not being reported as part of Iowa's pandemic numbers. But she said in this August article that they would consider reporting those numbers. To be clear, Padati, Kim Reynolds, and her administration have all stood up in front of a microphone and said they have followed CDC guidance to the letter. However, an August missive from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said this about rapid antigen testing. Quote, the antigen test can provide results in minutes. However, antigen tests may not detect all active infections based on their mechanism of action. These tests are specific for virus, but are not as sensitive as molecular PCR tests. So molecular PCR tests are the ones that must be sent to the lab. Okay, so two different kinds of tests. Let me read that again. The rapid tests are very specific for the virus, but are not as sensitive as a molecular PCR test. And this next part is important. I even underlined it so I know that I'm serious. The CDC says, therefore, positive results from antigen tests are highly accurate, but there is a higher chance of false negatives. So negative results do not rule out infection. The CDC guidance goes on. The rapid tests are envisioned to supplement laboratory testing enabling testing to be available for communities and populations that cannot readily access laboratory testing or need to quickly address emerging outbreaks. Laboratory testing remains the primary testing mechanism for the nation because of the ability to perform a high volume of tests at one time. So again, 
The gold standard is the lab test. The get out in front of it and holy shit, can we shut this down test is the rapid antigen test that Dr. Padati says were ineffective, not epidemiologically sound or useful, and weren't being reported as positives. Reynolds and Padati are up there just <laughs> lying their faces off because again, this is these rapid antigen tests are absolutely critical to epidemiological tracing. The fact that Iowa's lead epidemiologist said they weren't, the antigen tests, the rapid tests were envisioned by the CDC this way. And this is again from their um, guidance in August of 2020. Example of potential uses for diagnostic purposes include Deployment to rural hospitals or other critical care sites that lack widely available testing, which is Iowa, which is rural, which is lacking access to care sites. Okay. They were to be used by public health departments specifically for testing, for deployment in rural hospitals and care facilities because to aid investing, one of the big ones was that these rapid antigen tests were to be able to be deployed quickly to investigate a cluster or newly identified cluster. What the CDC is saying is that these rapid antigen tests are highly effective when it comes to detecting the virus. So a positive we know will be a positive. The disconnect here is that the negative is not necessarily a negative. So positive tests of the rapid antigen tests were positive and were not being reported. What this did was cause Iowa's positivity rates to plummet overnight. And what that meant was that Kim Reynolds could force Iowa school boards to send their children back to school, which was politically motivated. Because when we look back, we will see that Trump threatened states that he would just withhold federal funding. Moving on, the part about not reporting these positive cases, again, is, is just wrong. Because communicable diseases infectious diseases, there's statute that guides reporting. And it goes as follows. A care provider must report the following, a communicable disease, which means any disease that spreads from person to person or God forbid, animal to person. So contagious or infectious diseases are also on that list. And these include hepatitis, meningococcal disease, AIDS, HIV, tuberculosis, and any other disease determined to be life-threatening to a person exposed to the disease as established by rules adopted by the department based upon determination by the state epidemiologist and in accordance with the guidance of the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention in the United States Department of Health and Human Services. So it's like this violation of, of code. Um, 
and it's I just pulled information directly from Iowa code on the reporting requirements because the positive antigen rapid antigen tests weren't being reported Webster County in western Iowa again this is all back in August of this year went from a 24% infection rate to an 11% infection rate overnight and why is this important first of all 11% is too goddamn high 24% is fucking bananas but Iowa based on absolutely nothing set 15% infection rate as acceptable to send children back to school at what point does a doctor a public health official employed by the people of Iowa and also by the federal government so by federal taxpayers at what point are they on the hook if not to at least have their jobs called into question to have their professional license looked at this launched me into a series of emails and requests for comments that led from the American Medical Association to the Iowa Medical Association to the Iowa Medical Board so I'm just going to read you a few emails back and forth between officials in Iowa about how to report a doctor like Caitlin Padati to have her license reviewed my first email after speaking with the American Medical Association I was officially referred to a gentleman named Michael Flesher and he is the EVP and CEO of the Iowa Medical Society and this is my email to him my name is Andy Kopsa I'm an independent reporter and Iowa native I'm currently working on a story about Dr. Caitlin Padati the Iowa Department of Public Health and concerns that the CDC is planning to alter reporting requirements for political purposes sidebar that's true and deserves more time than I can give it here back to my email I fielded tips from across Iowa expressing grave concerns about Dr. Padati's fitness for her current position and more concerning several state and national infectious disease experts and public health directors that she may be in violation of her oath as a physician. I reached out to the National AMA requesting comment over concerns of Dr. Padati's misrepresentation of rapid antigen tests, failure to report positives while reporting negatives therefore bringing the infection rate down overnight in some counties okay and so I got a an email back from a guy named Dennis Tibben from the Iowa Medical Society and it said Mr. Kopsa because nobody can wrap their head around a woman named Andy anyway Mr. Kopsa thank you for contacting us Mike asked me to follow up on your inquiry Complaints of the nature you've described would be handled by the Iowa Board of Medicine. I would encourage you to contact Kent Neville, IBM Executive Director, for additional information regarding the investigation process. I've included his contact information below. And so, the next email. Hello, Kent. My name is Andy Kopsa. I was sent your way by the Iowa Medical Society. Blah, 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 etc. I just explained everything that I had read before to you from me to Michael so I'm getting down to brass tacks here in this email to Kent I say I am specifically looking for information on how and if 
Iowa citizens can report Dr. Caitlin Pidotti to the Iowa Medical Board for review. Anyway, I referenced a Des Moines Register article, Pidotti's erroneous statements about antigen testing, and I let them know that what she said is contrary to CDC guidance, a potential violation of state and federal law, and seems to vi violate her physician's oath. Kent got back to me and said, Mr. Kopsa, because once again, <sighs> Mr. Kopsa, anyone can submit a complaint to the board about a physician in Iowa, and we evaluate each and every complaint pursuant to Iowa law. All complaints and investigations are confidential unless and until until and unless the board initiates a public disciplinary action against a physician. All public disciplinary actions are posted on the board's website. So, of course, I said, thanks, Kent. Uh, I'm Miss Copsa. And he's like, oh, my apologies. They were actually both very nice and very responsive. And I get a personal thrill out of correcting people when they call me mister. So that was nice. And I asked him, I said, hey, hey, bud, what makes a disciplinary action public? And are there private investigations? Can, can any opinion by the Iowa Board of Health be appealed? What's the appeal process? Is there a national recourse to appeal? Thank you for your time. Ms. Kapsa, <clears throat> the board must determine that there is legal basis that a physician has violated the laws and rules governing the practice of medicine in Iowa in order to initiate public disciplinary action. If the board determines that there is not a legal basis that a physician has violated the laws and rules of the practice of medicine in Iowa, the case will be closed without public disciplinary action, and the case remains confidential. Each state has its own laws and rules governing the procedures for investigation via local control and parens. A complainant may appeal the board's decision, and the board will reconsider its initial decision. Each state regulates the physicians and practices in that state, and there is no national recourse for appeal. Okay, so are we all tracking? Let's see. So what's the point? I mean, I guess the point is that while we might feel powerless in some of these situations, friends in Iowa, friends in Minnesota, friends across the country are like, what the fuck can we do? Well, I mean, you can report public officials who are licensed by the state. You can report an epidemiologist who has no business being the lead of a pandemic response team. You can report these people because they, like us, need to be accountable. We're paying their salaries. And I know that that is a trope that gets used over and over again, but it is true. And unfortunately, the only thing that some people understand is getting reprimanded professionally. And it's frustrating knowing that they don't just do the right thing. That people that are entrusted with the lives and the messaging that can save lives during this pandemic are political opportunists is gross. 
One other thing to consider for Iowans specifically is that uh, Laura Bellin has done amazing work on tracking where COVID-19 funds have been going, different funding has been going in the state of Iowa. And she just posted another article and I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but here's the takeaway is that Padati has now gotten two gigantic raises since this catastrophic failure that, frankly, she was part of. Word on the street is that people at the Iowa Department of Public Health are jumping ship. And further gossip from behind the scenes is that the ongoing raises that are being handed out in the governor's office, and there's a lot of them. It's not just Padati. It's it's um, other staff members are getting huge raises. Is basically payola. I mean, holy hell, people! It's uh, super super smells bad. So the best way to go about reporting any physician. And I, I mean this because I've had some crappy physicians and I've actually had to step away from a doctor and it actually was a PA. And while I didn't officially report them to the state, I did report them to the practice and I won't get into the weeds, but I was disturbed to learn it wasn't the first complaint that they had had about this particular person. But then at least I know that I said something in that case. And so state public health department officials, there is recourse, there is license review, and it does vary state by state, but anybody can file a complaint. Anybody just go to the Iowa medical board website or the Tennessee Medical Board website or the Minnesota Medical Board website or whatever whatever state you're living in and see what the procedure is. In Iowa, it's super easy. You just click a few little dots here and there. You say what your complaint is. You do not have to put your name to it. But at some point, man, the only thing that we can do is like, put a stake in the ground and push back on some of this nonsense. I don't live in Iowa anymore, though people I love very much still do. But I won't file a complaint there simply because I don't live there. But people in Iowa need to start thinking this way, unfortunately. People in Louisiana need to start thinking this way. I mean, a friend of mine that works in one of the or actually the largest hospital system in Louisiana called me in a panic the other day and it's like we don't have any running water in our clinic and so they had to dump gallon jugs of water to flush the toilet I mean let alone doctors being able to effectively clean their hands So it's not just Iowa, it's not just Louisiana, it's not just insert whatever state here, 
but insert any state here and get at it.